The future of business is responsible. El futuro de los negocios es reescribir el crecimiento de las empresas. Conscious co-mingling of growth and impact. Le futur du business est conscient et responsable. The future of business is intentional and transparent. Welcome back to Future of Business, where we take you on a journey to explore the diverse range of sectors and stories embedded in the Oxford MBA cohort and beyond, and how they will shape the future of business. I'm Grace, one of the co-hosts. And today I'll be chatting with my classmate, Susan Munn. Welcome, Susan. Thank you for having me here, Grace. And really excited to talk about human-centered designs and the social impact sectors. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I'm, I'm also excited to explore more about the role of social enterprises and intergovernmental organizations in generating growth in developing countries, um, particularly in Myanmar, because that's where you're from. Um, and just to give a little bit more of a context for our listeners, Susan has worked across a variety of organizations from engineering roles in the private sector uh, to project implementation and impact-oriented roles in the public sector. But I think it will be best if I leave it to you, Susan, to expand a bit more on that and tell us more about yourself and the organizations and, and projects you've worked on. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I... I would say my life has been a journey so far. So I left Myanmar when I was 16 years ago to study undergrads in electrical and electronic engineering in Singapore. And from there, I have been working there and like I lived there for about 10 years in this commercial center, mainly focused on uh, technical uh, aspect of it. And um, in 2016, I decided to move back to Myanmar uh, to spend more time with my families and my parents. And when I was looking back to job opportunities in Myanmar, I was wondering because I was so focused on uh, technical aspect of, it, of like what I have been studying, I didn't know what kind of career should I take. So I was like, okay, how about impact generating center? That's look interest, uh, interesting. So I took a career switch then and decided to join the social enterprise called proximity design which is a school social enterprise uh, awardees in 2014 and uh, as a product designer well i kind of like involved in developing product and services that would generate positive impacts in Myanmar rural families and then uh, three years ago i decided to move to the world bank uh, for the national electrification project with the missions of providing accessible electricity in Myanmar. Mm-hmm. And at that time, if I'm not wrong, uh, when the project started, we have 35 percentage of like accessible electricity in Myanmar. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I leave, it was about 70% of accessible electricity in Myanmar. So uh, yeah, it's, in terms of my career gem, it has been up and down in the sense mm-hmm. that I came from commercial sector and the hybrid, which is social enterprise and then intergovernmental uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to uh, pursue MBA mainly because I want to kind of like see how to equip my uh, technical aspect and the business aspect as well as kind of like the knowledge of dealing with the different organizations, different backgrounds and stakeholders. I think it's interesting because uh, a lot of people come to do an MBA because they want to make a career change, right? And of course, you've outlined you know your motivations for for coming here. 
but you already made, I would say, a pretty significant career change previously. So I, I want to go back to what you said earlier about, you know, when you went back to Myanmar um, and you came to the idea of social impact as your next step in your career. Could you walk us through a little bit more like how you decided on that and how you were able to make that change happen? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share you a funny story here. When I uh, went through the interview process for the product designer's role mm-hmm. in Myanmar, the social enterprise, I remember that the, my supervisor was asking me, have you ever been in the farm? <laughs> and uh, I'm not proud of my answer, but it was quite, like, when I look at it, it was quite funny how far I have, go, like, come. I, my answer was, quite frank, I passed by a few. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, okay, that's, that's not what uh, like we are doing. We don't just pass by. You have to be in the farm. Right. So I was like, but the thing is, I'm passed by a few because I was living in Singapore. You don't normally see a lot of farm. Mm-hmm. So uh, he can't, like, get the account. Like, he, he can't take it from the uh, humor perspective, which I'm really grateful for. So I got the job. But uh, one of my main challenge is understanding and talking the same language as the farmers. Mm-hmm. So I... I feel like I did have the technical perspective in terms of what are the designs approach. Uh, the school has kind of like prepared us to have like think in engineering's way uh, in terms of like how do you solve the problems, mm-hmm. like right on the targets, like solve the problem. And I, I feel that engineering designers and business people think really differently mm. from the different perspective. So I only kind of like seeing everything from engineering technical perspective to solve the problem and my main challenge is around trying to understand uh, the behaviors how the farmers are behaving what they are saying how do they concise and how would you find the right solutions for them so one of the one of the good examples of like uh, understanding the whole system Mm-hmm. would be crypt- criticals for this kind of like job and it was kind of struggles for me uh, for the first three months like uh, understanding the competitor understanding your stakeholders in- including the from the CEO to the consumer uh, which is our like Myanmar farmers and I kind of like when I was studying go to here I kind of like look back what I was struggling, it will help me a lot if I have like system mapping experience mm-hmm. because like that's what I was trying to solve, making the system change in Myanmar agricultural industry. So yeah, so that, that makes sense. System mapping makes sense uh, in that sense and go to has been really helpful to come like even uh, developing that skill set of my Mm-hmm. Uh, go to as in like global opportunity and threats. Yes, uh, right. So for context for our listeners, I believe we talked about it in one of our previous episodes. It's one of our main projects um, during our our MBA program, where the groups get to pick um, a system issue related to whatever overall theme that our program Mm -hmm. um, has given us and this year there wasn't actually a specific theme it was just overall 
you know, system reset. So we got to have a lot of leeway um, with what we, got to, what we got to work on. Um, but coming back to what we were talking about uh, just now and your role at Proximity Designs, which previously you noted um, had been awarded the Skoll Award for Social Entrepreneurship, which uh, there is a bit of a connection to Oxford since we have the Skoll Center and that's connected um, or funded by the, the Skoll Foundation. And so I, I'm curious, you know, you, you mentioned about, you know, want to talk about the human-centered design aspect. And in your role as product designer there, you know, product management, product design, this is something that as a function is, I, I would say, quite popular for MBAs looking to make a career transition. And the thing is, we typically think of tech companies, right, mm-hmm. when we hear PM, or at the very least, you know, in the private sector. We don't really think about PM in the context of social enterprise, in the context of development. Um, and I'd love for you to expand more on how elements of design thinking of human-centered design um, and other aspects of PM can be incorporated to social enterprises and, and how that actually can help in achieving their wider mission. So I think we also kind of like talk a little bit on kind of uh, human-centered designs role and then kind of like seeing from consumers and beneficiary perspective. I think this mm-hmm. kind of like came into the pictures significantly. So when we talk about like social impact center, we often use the word beneficiary. Yeah. Which I kind of like feel that is... Uh, uh, it's kind of like delightly of like how important uh, the consu- the end consumers are, like in my case, which was uh, the farmers, uh, because we are trying to create the impact, we are trying to create the problems that they have, not trying to kind of like whatever we do, we are going to benefit them. That's the mm-hmm. assumptions that come with the terms that we use. Yeah. So in, in the tech company, uh, also, again, same thing. I think the drawback lines would be like when we talk about PM, it's more of like or analyzing the data, create and the stakeholder management is mostly around like internal rather than kind of like including the, uh, the end consumer. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about human-centered design, the main factors that we have to look into is are we given the voice of like the end consumer in the designs already? Because that's mm-hmm. the event, like eventually that's the goal that we are trying to achieve as a product or as a service. Uh, and most often they, they, that they are the people who got, often got uh, forgotten in the process and right. who lost their voice. So I think the most important role for PM, no matter be in the technical uh, technology sector or social impact sector, like we still have to involve the end consumer who is going to benefit from it, uh, who is going to use the product or service, how they are going to uh, react or behave around that. And uh, that's, I think, is the crucial role. And often people just kind of like look it from commercial centers and that's the only areas where end users are important, which yeah. is not true. Mm-hmm. So I think PM roles, uh, would be useful in like no matter like which sectors you will be working in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the fact that just within the MBA and and you know what we've been exposed to through the MBA, there's 
greater and greater overlap, you know, between public, private sector. And I think that's, you know, that ties into the fact that, well, when it comes to specific functions, it also isn't just, you know, restricted to a specific um, type of company or, or sector. So I want to take this conversation to a bit of a broader context, aside from, you know, the importance of incorporating um, these PM elements to social enterprises, what do you think are other aspects that are key to you know, enabling the success of social enterprises, as well as you know, the challenges that they need to overcome? Mm. So I think in that sense, even in the impact generating sectors, there is two players, like, I would say like two subcategories, which is like NGO, nonprofits, which is mainly uh, depends on the donors' money. And uh, social enterprise world, they're trying to regenerate uh, like re- like revenue generations and then use the revenue, generate the revenues into the, uh, the, the, the cost or like particular missions. And I was like, because of MBA, I kind of like changed my mind <laughs> in a sense because I, I would say like each one have their different uh, strengths in a sense. So like when you're talking about NGO, they most of them they have like more better relationship with the government, mm-hmm. and uh, they have better kind of like in terms of like relationship with the, the network within like diplomat partners and the and like mm-hmm. and establish uh reputations, in that sense. But most often, uh, what happened is like people trying to invest so much time on pleasing or like kind of like trying to meet with what the donor requires rather than focusing on who is your end consumer what kind of impact you are making so it's kind of like a bit of trade-off in that sense Mm -hmm. but for the social enterprise uh, it's also again same thing because Social enterprise normally start from like a small uh, local community most of the time. They have to struggle a lot in terms of at the beginning stage trying to make the reputations and the trust buildings even among the local community. Mm-hmm. And uh, often the fundings is uh, most, most of the time is the problems for the social enterprise. and But the good things for them is they can kind of like see this as a business and mm-hmm. uh, focus more on the end consumer. You worked at the World Bank as well. I'd love for you also to just talk us through the role that they played, um, you know, just based from your experiences within Myanmar and how that compared to the role that a social enterprise like Proximity Designs played. So first of all, I... I would say the first thing was the relationship with the government. So uh, social enterprise like Prosmity, I like we was doing the whole Myanmar, but we have to kind of, because Myanmar is uh, uh, politically unstable, not yeah. only at the moment, but also before that, some part of Myanmar, they have some conflicts around. So not everywhere is accessible in terms of like for a social enterprise to go on, go and do their work. So in that sense, like with the World Bank, that's the main reasons that I, I joined World Bank as well. I want to kind of like see and expose to more vulnerable community, which I could not assess with the proximity designs outreach. So that's one. And also, I it's also give me a exposure to kind of like 
looking from the government's points of view, the process, which I didn't have an like internal perspective from the government side uh, when I was working in the uh, the proximity designs because mm-hmm. uh, the the public uh, perceptions on the government is a bit kind of controversial so we're trying mm-hmm. to kind of like stay away from that and yeah. like not being seen as anything to do with government so we're just trying to kind of like we as in like proximity design trying to beat the image of we don't like we don't do any political related work right and but with the world bank we are directly communicating with the like governments because they are the uh they are the our we are their creditors we are giving out uh these project monies and we're trying to kind of like see from the overviews of how they are managing the project so it's a little Mm -hmm. bit stepfathers from proximity designs was doing Mm -hmm. so it's also exposed me to kind of like gaining the experience of how do you even train others project managers how do you even Mm -hmm. kind of like deal with these conflict uh um controversial uh conflicts that are happening in like different part of Myanmar and mm-hmm. yeah, safeguard and also like even when the war bands came in and we asked this framework, we asked the government to follow this framework of like you have to go through this ten, ten uh, tender process. Mm-hmm. Most of the like most of the subcontractors in Myanmar they don't even know how to submit tender, mm-hmm. so we were kind of like also in a sense we are introducing behavior change among different sectors. Uh, like following the for forcing the government to follow a particular framework and also kind of like uh introducing the transparencies in that sense as well so i would say like as being somebody who came with the money normally world bank has more (laughs) (laughs) kind of like influence on the government so yeah uh, events once the like uh building the relationship with like when I was in Prosmodis or when I was in the World Bank it's kind of like came across as it's different mm-hmm. because people are willing to kind of give in when you're given the money people are willing to give in to your terms and conditions rather than mm-hmm. when you're kind of like going from someone who needs their help right yeah so these kind of relationship buildings and um, being uh understandings around how the whole government process, approval process work, how to kind of like uh, induce the behavior change around different centers would be different. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a very fine line to, to balance, to navigate. Um, and the title of this podcast is The Future of Business, right? So why does the success of the, the projects um, that Proximity Dines at the World Bank are carrying out key to enabling SMEs on the ground um, to flourish? Well, when we talk about creating impacts, we often just kind of like look at how do we how do we provide a better life for the vulnerable communities? Like, let's say, like our beneficiary, how do we benefit the beneficiary? Mm-hmm. Just using the term. And... The first things that we will look at is like the opportunity areas. Well, what are the main constraints that these people are not being able to do what they are supposed to do? And most of the time, uh, is financial problem. 
Right. It's always go back to economies and financials and like uh, enabling uh, the livelihoods of this community. So I think it's the chicken and egg problems. You have to yeah. improve the economy first so that they will have a better life. But yeah. again, same time, it's going from top uh, top to you can go from top to bottom or so bottom to the top, right? Like so creating the opportunities for people to earn more money or like mm-hmm. creating the opportunities for them to have more income so that they can uh, create a better lifestyle. They can provide more uh more for the families or their kind of like well being and like it is really important for the country like Myanmar because they are the uh, GDPs of Myanmar, thirty five percent come from agricultural sector. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like one of the misconceptions around kind of like inducing the behavior change among farmers is we kind of like tell them, hey, you're using this traditional method, which is hundreds of years old. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be using. Mm-hmm. It's easier for us to go and say that, and right. then you will get more ye. But when I really actually kind of like put myself in their shoe. I only have two income in the whole year, two seasons. And all of my children's well-being, mm-hmm. my wife's well-being will be depending on that. Yeah. I will not be making the assumption as in like, hey, we are giving you all these amazing techniques. You're not using it. Why? Yeah. It's so much risk. I, I cannot do that with even my monthly salary. I cannot do that. Right. Imagine that like they are kind of like just reliant only two points of income for the whole year. It's such a like yeah, such a big risk for that like and for them to take like this kind of major change without having mm-hmm. any guarantee. So yeah, so that's one bit uh lessons that I learned from being in the agricultural centers of Myanmar as well. Mm-hmm. And it feels a bit full circle um, in terms of what you mentioned of, of course, putting yourself in their shoes and thinking of, you know, the, they have two incomes a year and, and so much of it is on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, that, of course, it's hard to, when you're in their shoes, okay, yeah. changing the practice. And that comes down to also human-centered design, what you were talking about earlier. Now I want to sort of take the lens back to you in terms of what advice you have for those who are interested in working at a social enterprise or a larger IGO um, like the World Bank, just based on your personal experiences? I would say, like, um, so one of my frustration is being the kind of, like, person who have to provide the local insight because most of the time, normally with the international organizations, uh, some of the... We, we are losing the voice. The, the end consumers are losing lots of voice. Mm. So if you're trying to like impact the local community, trying to understand them and bring their voices to the table when you're making the decisions and don't be so reserved about it uh, in the sense that, okay, like being diplomatic, people are talking in the room and people have different views. But most of the time, do they have that local insight? Do they have, do they really understand what is going on at the ground level? Mm-hmm. And, and represent them, be voice for them. And I think that's really crucial. And I think that is really missing in most of the organization in the sense that uh, some of the skills that did not come from like the minority groups like myself mm-hmm. uh, like when I 
decided to join for the design uh, expertise. Most of the people did not come with, um, most of the people from Myanmar did not have the training, this academic trainings of like critical thinking or like uh, engineering. These are the, like, these are the common tricks that I'm seeing amongst other organizations that are working in these developing country. Mm-hmm. So, even myself, I have to spend lots of time on understanding the vulnerable communities and uh, understanding their, their voices in, and trying to like represent that as calm, like genuine as I could. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that's the, that's, the, that's the one trick that most of the programs and projects has been missing so far. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to end on a more lighthearted note. Um, what do you enjoy doing, you know, when you're unwinding in Oxford? I just love meeting people here. Like, we have 355 <laughs> people coming from really diverse group with really, like, yeah, like, every time I have a conversations with some people, like, one person, I, I'm learning everything. Like, I'm learning new things every day in the sense that, Oh, you come from cryptocurrency. Tell me more mm-hmm. about cryptocurrency, which I have no idea what was that about before I came here. But there are so many opportunities that you could do with like blockchain or cryptocurrencies for the impact. Mm-hmm. And people often kind of like think that, oh, like you can be an expert in one thing. But coming to MBA is open my mind in the sense that I'm learning so much from everyone. I was like, I'm just going to be a generalist <laughs> in specialized world and trying to kind of like be able to and un- like understand and learn from others and see what's the opportunity areas for the impacts. So that's like, if I have to pick one, that's one bit uh, huge experience that I'm enjoying in Oxford MBA so far. Mm-hmm. Likewise, I am learning so much from you just from this conversation and so glad to be able to you know, share your stories and your insights on the Future of Business podcast. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure.